Hello and welcome to the Pivot Podcast. The Pivot Podcast. Where we go episode by episode and talk all about the show Friends, the 90s, and everything in between. I'm Natalie. And I'm Tiana. Now let's pivot. Happy Wednesday and welcome back to Pivot. Should we tell them that this is the third time we've tried to start this podcast? Well, I think we just did. <laughs> it's a day. And actually, that gets me started on my disclaimer. I am sick. So that's why I sound like Phoebe and her sexy phlegm right now. Get ready for the sticky shoes. Sticky shoes. I love you, my babies. I love you, my babies. <laughs> So I will be doing my best, but if I sound like I'm holding my nose closed, that's why. So I apologize. But I don't know what you guys are going to get tonight. <laughs> but you're getting something, and that's, yeah. that's for sure. T has a sad realization. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is. I'm really anxious to hear okay. it. What is your realization? So as I was getting ready to watch episode four... The one with George Stephanopoulos. Stephanopoulos. I was like, hey, I have all of the DVDs. I'm just going to watch on the DVDs instead of my HBO Max app. So I pull out season one. I go to take the first disc. There's no disc. <gasps> I have lost the first disc of my DVD set. No. For season one. Oh my God. That is a travesty. <laughs> Tragic. I was just like, so what I did, I was so devastated. I got on Amazon and ordered the whole season again. Did you really? Yeah. Oh my God, I it love you. It should be arriving next week. Even that. though, I don't know if I'll need it by then, but still. <laughs> but that is a true fan right there. You cannot yeah. have a set that is not a full set. No. And I was even looking, was, after I ordered the whole set, I was like, maybe I should have just looked for the first disc. Did you go through the whole set though and look through all of them and make sure you had all the discs? I literally pulled 10 boxes out. And went box by box to see if this flipping disc was hiding in any other season. And it's not. Who stole it? Somebody I had to know. have stolen it. Knowing me, I probably put it in a DVD player and then gave it away because I gave I give everything away. Yeah. It's not the best quality of mine. I have no sentimental attachment to things. You're a minimalist. It's okay. Yeah. So, and that's exactly what Graham, my husband, said. He's like, was it in a DVD player that you gave it away? I was like... Maybe, but I'm going through something right now. So that is my sad realization. I mean, come on. You can't just be missing one disc. No. Oh, God, no. no absolutely, absolutely not. not. <laughs> Jinx. Oh, man. Well, this episode, we're actually going to start off talking a little bit more about Monica and Rachel's apartment because mm -hmm. Tiana did some interesting digging on... Just basically their apartment and, and in general, just some info about the village. So, mm -hmm. T, what do you got for us? Well, I got my brain going because Phoebe mentioned to Rachel that she lives in the village. And I was like, where is this exactly in New York? You know, there's always a lot of controversy on the apartment in general and its affordability and the logistical aspects. So, officially, the apartment address is 90 Bedford Street. It's a six-floor walk-up that sits on the corner of Bedford Street and Grove Street in Green... Okay, I think it's Greenwich Village, not Greenwich. I'm sure people in New York are like rolling their eyes. I think oh it's Greenwich God. Village, right? My New York friends are like, Natalie, you better get this right. It's Greenwich. Okay, Greenwich. Yes. Not Greenwich, Greenwich. So, um, also so cute. Little Owl, a little Mediterranean restaurant, currently op occupies the first floor. Ooh, that sounds delicious right now, actually. 
Right. So essentially with the with the apartment, exterior shots were filmed utilizing the building on the corner of Bedford and Grove Street. And then we actually get the true Friends episode address in season four. So 90, 90 Bedford is the real life address, but in the show we see an episode season four, Ross is addressing an a wedding invitation to Rachel. To when he's marrying Emily. Right. We'll get there. Yep. But he's holding her invitation because he's not sure if he wants to uh, invite her or not. And their official address in the show was 495 Grove Street. Ah. So they use like actual B-roll from the mm-hmm. actual Grove Street. So that building exists. Yeah. Building's there. And you can, there's tourists all the time taking oh photos, God, videos. Sure. It's a hot spot. That's Uh, cool. But yeah, the the last address on Grove Street in Manhattan is 96. So Uh, 495 does not exist. They probably did that, my guess, is so that people wouldn't like go to 495 Grove Street if it existed and harass the people that live there. there. I heard that happen with a song that, um, oh God, that song's like, Eight six seven five three zero nine. It's like someone's phone number. That was someone's phone number, and they had to change it. And so now I, I also saw in movies they always use the phone number five 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 because they don't give out a number that has five 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 in it. Oh, so I wonder if people in the TV and movie industry got smart and they're like, we are not going to have all of these poor civilians harassed, even though that building apparently still gets people there. <laughs> So they does. did their best. It does. But who in the QA department forgot to check that if the th- whatever number is real or not? I don't know. It just sounded good, apparently. <laughs> Hilarious. So in my research, another interesting element. So the building was designed by Schneider and Herter Architects. So both New York architects are known in the <clears throat> excuse me in the late 19th and 20th. I know it's coming. I'm getting your Feb- Phoebe phlegm. Oh no! Stay away. <laughs> Stay away. So, but both architects were known in the 19th and 20th centuries for designing tenements, whatever that is. Oh, okay. So this is interesting. Do you know? I do know what a tenement <laughs> is. What the hell is that? I know. So. I, I have some friends in New York, and yeah. when I've gone to visit them there, we actually went to the Tenement Museum. Very little known museum there, and it is one of my favorite things I've done in New York. It is so cool. So what they did is this tenement there, basically like way back when, when people would come in, uh, you know, from Ellis Island and would be immigrating, it was very... um not diverse is what the word I'm looking for, segregated, mm-hmm. based on your heritage, right? So you've got like Irish, Italians, and and so on and so forth. So there was this old tenement where it was, I think this one was an Irish tenement, but it so many families lived there and they had it boarded up back in like, I want to say the 70s, 60s hmm. or 70s, and it had been boarded up until like 10 years ago. So it was like, complete time capsule oh cool so different tenements are like different ways in which people would live and like Mm -hmm. kind of their living situations from what i understand now if i'm wrong on that please let me know (laughs) you can email us at don't take my wind at gmail.com please send us all of your comments and thoughts no complaints please no complaints or concerns so back to the building now that we know what a tenement is um so these two architects they designed 
tenements, apartment buildings, factories, synagogues, typically for German Jewish clients like themselves, and mostly on the Lower East Side. So as this was often the case, builders tended to market their buildings more towards people of a similar ethnic background, and tenements of Schneider and Herder were often marketed to Jewish immigrants, ah. which, when you think about it, makes sense in the show because Monica and Ross were supposed to be Jewish, or they were Jewish in the show. Their grandmother likely was as well. Geller is a German name, Jewish-German. So, by all logic, Grandma Grandma Geller is probably, or even her parents or family, were among the ways of Jewish immigrants who came to New York in the 19th and 20th centuries. Ooh, I am loving this. It, uh, do you kind of think History. they did all of that on purpose, or do you think that this was just a happy accident? You know, I don't know. It's one of those things where I think it could be like a happy accident, but also maybe they really did put that much thought into it. Maybe. I mean, both of the co-creators, Marta Kaufman mm-hmm. and David Crane, are both Jewish. Yeah. So maybe they did some location scouting. I love that. Oh, I'm just going to go with it and say it is because I think that that's super cool. So we'll, we'll adopt that philosophy. Yes. Love it. So for this episode, we have our writer as Alexa, and I'm going to butcher this. Is it Jung or is it Jung? I would say Jung. Okay, that's what I think too, but it's spelled mm-hmm. J-U-N-G-E. Mm-hmm. So Alexa Young, director still James Burroughs, mm-hmm. and our original air date's October 13th, 1994. Which I kind of love that we're in this season. Granted, we're in November, but we're still kind of in the fall vibes that Friends first aired. Yes, I'm loving it. We're kind of feeling feeling that similar energy. Yep, Exactly. Well, we are going to take a quick break, hear a word from our sponsor, the Stitch Sisters, and we will be right back. Handmade goods are becoming more and more rare these days. You can support our newest sponsor, the Stitch Sisters, and keep handmade artisans thriving. The Stitch Sisters crochet handmade goods, anything from beanies and headbands to Christmas ornaments. Check them out at Etsy at the Stitch Sisters store or find them on Instagram at Stitch Sisters store. All right. Welcome back from our break. We're going to jump into the episode recap here. And so this episode opens with the group in the coffee shop saying what they do if they were uh, omnipotent for a day. See, I can't even say it. Um, Did you know what omnipotent meant? No. I mean, on my first watch and previous uh, watches, I had no idea what this meant. I'm totally Joey. Like, omnipotent? Excuse me? Hmm? Right. And even the the joke that he's getting at is there. He's thinking the word is impotent. <laughs> I think that I, I didn't get it. Like I, I didn't catch that for a while. And yeah. Until a few rewatches, I think. And some Googles. Omnipotent. Yeah. When Google came around, I think that I was Googling some things. Um, so omnipotent, the, the actual um, definition is having unlimited power, able to do anything. Mm-hmm. So we see Phoebe go through world peace, no more hunger, Good things for the rainforest and bigger boobs. Of course. Which is kind of funny. Chandler is choose to be omnipotent forever. Joey, I'd probably kill myself if little Joey's dead, then I got no reason to live. Oh, Joey. Oh, Joey. T, if you were omnipotent, what would you do? Uh, well, I would like to think that I'm going to go the Phoebe route and be like, you know, no hunger, no homelessness. Everybody's happy. All the children have homes and we're all good. So once I got all of that out of the way, I would probably, this is hard. If I had unlimited power, 
I'm like, what? Okay, what kind of power are we talking? Like supernatural power here, or just like actual things we could create for ourselves? Because if I could give myself the power to fly, I would. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a given. Okay, I like the rainforest one. I'm gonna say, you know, no more deforestation. Let's get the environment in a good place. Yeah, number one, environment in good place. Let's stick around for a little bit longer. I like How about it. that. I'm in. Two. No more hunger. I like the no more hunger. I'm going to steal that from Phoebe. See, mm-hmm. Phoebe and I do have some qualities. Okay. I, I, I'm liking this, like getting down with Phoebe right now. Yeah. I mean, just fix all the sad things about about the, uh, oh, you know what? I would get rid of the bipartisan system. Ooh, yeah. Adios. I would also get women's rights going. Yes. I would say let's get women up there equal with men. Let's have some equality, especially for our women of color. Let's get them in there and let's just have a joyous world of peace. Protection of women's rights. Stay away from my vagina. No oh, touchy. That'd be, that'd be nice. Yeah. 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 Keep your hands out of there. Mm-hmm. I, oh man, I, I don't know. I think I would just never work. I would, <laughs> <laughs> I'd want to never work. I would never work. I'd want to just travel. Yeah. That would be my, was be like traveling. Yeah. I think that that would probably be it. Oh, oh, okay. And I could eat anything and yes. never, like, just be a healthy weight. Mm-hmm. Just be healthy and strong, and I could eat whatever I wanted. Mm-hmm. That would be it great. It just goes wherever. Yes. I like that one. That's it. That's what I do. I would, I would make sure I always got enough sleep, and I would never feel tired. Oh. I don't know if that counts with omnipotent. I'm still not fully understanding what omnipotent means. So I'm just going to go with like, I'm never going to be tired. Like never going to be angry. I'm always going to be a fucking ray of sunshine. Okay. <laughs> I feel like those are things you could probably achieve without being omnipotent. Well, we try. <laughs> we try. Okay. So episode recap, we've started off with the intro. Now we broke it up into... Guys and girl storylines, because they're kind of tracking on the same one. Mm-hmm. So with the guys, Chandler and Joey, I just love this. They f- Well, Joey figures out that it takes 97 steps from their apartment to the coffee shop. Oh, my God. It's just, I, this is kind of where Joey's character development starts for me. Mm-hmm. And this is where we kind of see, like, okay, he's the pretty but dumb guy. Yes. And this is so funny because he's just, he's very lovable. And you see that with the omnipotent comment. Yeah. He's very much like, oh, oh you're impotent. I'm, oh, you are? Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, Ross, no, Joey, omnipotent. Oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I had no idea. Like he has, he's so genuine and pure of heart. He really is. Really? So, so much innocence about Joey. And has too much time on his hands. Right. <laughs> Love it. So they come in, they ask Ross to go to a hockey game for his birthday, which was months ago. And Ross realizes that it's October 20th, which now nah, I think that's actually very close to the air date of October 13th. So we're tracking the same seasons. Ooh, Love it. So it's the first day, October 20th is special because that's the first day he and Carol first consummated their relationship. Yeah. I <laughs> I don't great get this. <laughs> like, okay, I get it. It she was his first. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know. I don't resonate like that for myself. So I don't think that I would resonate with anybody that's like oh well it was it was this day and oh my gosh I'm just so sad Mm -hmm. I I don't know but I do think it's funny that he's like then Monica is saying like 
oh, I was hoping you wouldn't notice. Like, why does she know so much? Yes, which is, I don't, because I think that this was cut out in my disc that I don't have. (laughs) You get extended episodes, right? And so the version that's like on HBO or TV, it's a shortened episode, but the discs have longer versions. And so this was cut out. Joey's like, you told your sister that? (laughs) And I was like, (laughs) I told everybody that. (laughs) Which, okay, that tracks, like. You lose your virginity. I guess that that tracks for a guy. Like, you get excited. But, like... I would never speak to my brother about that. Okay, that's very accurate. Would you talk to... I guess sisters are different. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it, but I don't... I don't know the date. I don't... Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to go to her and be like, Hey, happy sex anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> that's just weird. sex anniversary. Congratulations. <laughs> you did it. You did it. So proud of you. Yeah, well... I don't know. But uh, Ross decides he will go to the game. But unfortunately, he ends up getting hit in the face by a hockey puck. Oh, God. They then go to the emergency room, and the nurse there at the front desk is a total wench. (laughs) I love her. She's great. She's a wench in the best possible way. Yes. So they're waiting forever and forever. Ross continues to mope around. He's in his mopey, mopey phase. Joey's like, dude, what is the big deal about today? And... Ross reveals the first time with Carol was his first time ever. And that's when the guys are like, oh, hockey was a big mistake. So much else that we could have done today. Yes. (laughs) Joey. So much else we could have done today again. Joey just loves a strip club, you know? Clearly. Clearly. So, uh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And Chandler's, bah, bah, when (laughs) the nurse opens the window it's so good. Yeah. So Just the shenanigans in the uh, emergency room. Bah, bah, bah. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. So they, and they leave the emergency room. Ross comes out with a lovely cast on his face and uh, he's missing his puck that he got hit in the face with. A little kid has it and he ends up fighting with the kid over the puck and then phew, flings the the puck right into the wench of a nurse's face. I have a problem with the way that it hits her but yeah it, the trajectory does not match no but we're i'm going to talk a little bit more about the hockey stuff and our bloopers and blunders so we have thoughts. We'll, we'll get there um so tell us about the girls yes so the girls phoebe's tired she fell asleep in the coffee shop earlier her grandma has a new boyfriend who's insecure and deaf in bed <laughs> Oh my God, I love that. This is cute. Like, oh, people have sex too, yeah, which I do. don't want to think about, but. No, but good for them. I love that for them. <laughs> Go get that. <laughs> and they kept Phoebe up all night. And uh, Monica offers Phoebe a place to stay for the night so she can actually get some rest. Then Rachel comes in, and in the coffee shop, Rachel gets her first paycheck. Do you remember your first paycheck? Uh, I think so. And I. I had the opposite reaction. So Rachel's sad. She gets a hit of reality when her paycheck, because all her paycheck goes to taxes. Yeah. But I think I was pretty happy with mine. I think I was like, I was like a receptionist or something. Like at a, like, I think I worked at Remax. Oh yeah. I was going to say, was it? I thought you were also at a salon at one point. I did work. At, I had so many early jobs. I worked at Remax. I was front desk at a salon. I worked at Starbucks, which don't oh mess around God. with people in their Starbucks orders. FYI, psychos. But I never, I was always like, hey, great, I have money. Like, I was just a little piece of shit child earlier, and <laughs> now I have money. Look at me. I'm a woman now. Yeah, but that was probably like 18, 19, 20. Now Rachel's like... I remember when I first started doing professional work and I was like, 
Oh, that, did that sound weird? Professional work? <laughs> did sort of sound escort. It sounds escorty. Yeah, I'm not an escort. <laughs> when I first started my professional career, <laughs> then I started realizing just how much of your paycheck goes to taxes. Yeah. Benefits. Fun stuff. So much. I think. So, okay. My first paycheck, I worked at a restaurant. So I didn't get a very, very big paycheck. Did you work that at that in high school? I did. I remember this. Yes. I don't know why. It was my family's Italian restaurant. There you go. There you go. There's our Italian heritage coming back. Um, and I, but it was so low because I got tips. Oh. So it really wasn't a good kind of measuring area for me. But then my professional career, my first job out of college was horrible for one and I lived in a really really small town and my boyfriend at the time now my husband had a really good job Mm -hmm. and made like three or four times what I made so I felt crappy but I was like I'm doing really good work and using my degree so I relate to Rachel because I'm like oh this just stinks I'm working all day long I I waited tables for this I waited tables for this it was totally not worth it who's FICA and why is he getting all my money I still ask myself that every time I get paid is like yeah. where is all my money going but yeah pay stubs are a depressing area to to go that is don't do it don't do it so Rachel after her sad paycheck comes in she her friends from college come in and uh, they are all now having kids, getting married, getting promoted at work, and they still can't believe that Rachel dumped Barry and her old life and are not very supportive. I was really sad for Rachel. Oh, my God. They were, like, so condescending. Condescending, shallow. Yeah, and and I keep thinking, if they were her real friends, they would have been calling her. They wouldn't have just been like, oh, let's go shopping in the city and then go stop by and mm-hmm. then just, like, judge our friend mm-hmm. who's not really our friend. That, that's what I think. But I also love how Monica and Phoebe imitate them when they're like, ah, <laughs> I have elbows. Ah! Does that speak to kind of the shallow sorority girl that just doesn't, you know, care? Goes to college for the MRS degree. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, I guess. And that's actually, I think, who Rachel was. Yeah. And had an epiphany on her wedding day. Hey, this isn't who I want to be. So good for her. Love that for her. But yeah, this is kind of her old life still coming back to haunt her a little bit, mm-hmm. having to cut a few of more of those ties. But I also had a big problem with the girl. Everybody's like, oh, I'm, I'm a duplex. I'm having a baby. Oh, I got engaged. And then she's like, guess who's, da- who's daddy's making partner in his firm? His firm. She's 25. She's probably fresh out of law school and mm-hmm. you're going to be made partner. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. No. Nepo, nepo baby. Your nepo baby. Nepo baby. <laughs> so we get back to the apartment. The Visa credit card people call to check if Rachel's okay. There's been some unusual activity and Rachel's like, I haven't used my card. That is the unusual activity, which I thought was just so clever. I loved that. I thought that that was... <laughs> So, so fun to see her be like, no, I'm being responsible. They're like, yeah, everybody kind of doesn't expect this of you. Mm -hmm. So, but okay. The next quote you have, I love is the, I'm sorry, Rachel has left the The building building. (laughs) because she's having a bit of a breakdown. Yep. So 
sad and funny at the same time. Also, I just love that they kind of like wrap themselves around her like, okay, we're going to make Tiki Death Punch. <laughs> Which looked really tasty. Doesn't it? Yeah. I really, I'm so super curious. Like, obviously, there's not real alcohol in it for the actors. But I am curious. Ooh, let's put that on our Google list of mm. things we could Google. Like, what was actually in that? What was in the Tiki Death Punch? I'm curious. Rum. <laughs> Rum. We'll yeah. find, like, the actual uh, ingredients. Maybe, like, a recreation someone's made and maybe what the actu- actors actually drank. Because that would be kind of fun to find out. Absolutely. Not a very fall drink, but, you know. Meh. So they have their slumber party. Phoebe's trying to cheer her up, saying she's just like Jack and the Beanstalk. And uh, Rachel's sadness, they realize that, you know, Rachel kind of brings them all down. None of them have a plan. Okay. My favorite quote from this, and I'm going to give a big shout out to my work wife, Sarah. And she's going to be so excited because we probably use this quote at least once a week at work and we'll say do you even have a plan and i'll say i don't even have a plus <laughs> i don't even have plus yeah i don't even have the plan at this point so yeah I, I love that quote use that one all the time but that's totally the time in your life when you're in your young 20s you have no plus or you just have plus you don't have plan and you shouldn't because i felt like in my 20s that i was way too regimented because i was trying to fit what I thought I was supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. And I wish that I would have been less planning. Yeah. But say la vie. I mean, I'm, I'm turning 33 tomorrow. Whoop, whoop. And uh, I feel like I now finally have like an actual plan, like working towards something, not just trying to be like, Hey, I'm making money and I'm getting married and all right. I'm just going to live my life and it's going to live my life and not give a shit. <laughs> so they order pizza because of course, the pizza is wrong. They ordered a fat-free crust with extra cheese, and uh, they got mushroom, green pepper, and onion. Mm, that actually sounds yummy. Okay, quick thing about the pizza guy. So the pizza guy, I don't know if you recognize him. No. So the actor's name is actually Sean, I think it's Whalen is how you say it. Um, it's W-H-A-L-E-N. This episode has all types of difficult pronunciations. I know, my goodness. Should have probably looked it up ahead of time, but oh well. <laughs> it was time. So... Sean Whalen is like a quintessential like sub character where you see him a lot in a lot of different things. He is in one of my favorite 90s movies that I heard they're redoing and I really hope it's true. Twister. What's Twister? Oh my God. Are you serious right now? I don't know. Is that like the tornado? Yes. Is this real? I got it right. Yes. I have no idea. I've never seen Twister. (gasps) Sweet baby Jesus. We're watching Twister. We have to. That is one of my favorite 90s movies ever. Okay. I will watch Twister if you don't make me watch Pitch Perfect. Absolutely. I will take that deal. Sold. We'll shake on it. But (laughs) Sean Whalen, this is kind of where he gets his start. But he's, I mean, he's been in so much. I mean, he's been in like Employee of the Month, Twister. I mean, Larry the Cable Guy. Or not Larry the Cable Guy. Cable Guy with Jim Carrey. (laughs) But I mean, he's kind of that side character, always a comedic relief a lot of the time. And he's like the rando. Yeah, he really is. Like he's he's been in so many different things, but he's oh, he was in um, Never Been Kissed. 
Oh, jeez. Yeah, he's just been in so much, but he's not somebody that you'd be like, oh, that's Sean Whalen. I'd be like, oh, that's that guy from that thing. He's the pizza guy. He's the pizza guy. Can you imagine the residuals he's probably getting? He's probably on like some friggin' yacht just like sipping the tiki death punch. like Just from being the pizza guy? No, just from being the guy, on, the rando guy on everything. That is the way you to know? go, right? Yeah. Maybe that should be our he's, career goals. He's like uh, like the backup quarterback on football teams. Like, right. You don't do anything. You just sit there and get paid and you right. do the bare minimum practice squad people make like six figures and they don't actually have to play in the big game there you go so back to the pizza (laughs) the girls have george stephanopoulos's pizza and that's again another hard thing to say so they head to the balcony to spy on george and his girlfriend who are their neighbors and they like to guess what he's in what he's like in bed which is a preppy animal preppy animal preppy preppy animal preppy animal preppy animal one of the two yeah. i don't know but i love that line where rachel's like who's george snuffleupagus <laughs> phoebe comedic timing duh he's big bird's friend duh. which i'm like when i first watched this who is george i was like who's george stephanopoulos oh my gosh yes and they do explain that a little bit in here mm-hmm. it's like clinton's campaign guy well you know little in, guy in 1994 I, we're Four years old, almost five years old, right? For you? Yeah. Yeah. So I obviously was not paying attention to politics at four years old. No. So I did a little digging on George. And George. So George was a, a huge advisor for the Clinton campaign. He ended up becoming the um, de facto press secretary, basically, while Clinton was in office. He wasn't the like official press secretary, but he ended up doing a lot of their, like, announcements and stuff from the mm-hmm. Oval Office or or from the whatever the room is that they do the announcements <laughs> you know the I'm press room about. the press room the press you. people room yes um but he I mean he's gone on he's been in journalism he does all kinds of like hosting stuff and I think he actually still to this day does a bunch of hosting things oh yeah and he also um moderated the was it the 2008 um or 2008 or one of the Democratic debates. Someone's probably yelling at their phone. <laughs> I know. I'm so sorry, guys. <laughs> I promise you, this is the cold talking. I'm really more on top of this. It's the NyQuil. It's the NyQuil. Oh, God. Okay. Side note. I did take NyQuil before watching the episode last night, and that was a huge mistake. <laughs> Don't do that. Highly, highly not recommended. <laughs> Anyways, George Stephanopoulos actually released a memoir about his time in the Clinton um, administration, kind of talked about how stressful it was, which is kind of funny. And so him and Clinton, I think, are actually pretty close um, because in Bill Clinton's memoir, he mentions George Stephanopoulos's memoir and kind of talking about the stress he put on other people. So it's kind of it's kind of interesting. I have not read these memoirs. These are just notes. You're and- saying Bill Clinton stressed people out? Oh, right. <laughs> Good God. Um, there were a couple of little blips for George. Um, he had a few scandals. They out- always do. Outside of Monica Lewinsky. I mean, there was another one where um, a woman named Paula Jones accused Bill Clinton of sexual harassment and Stephanopoulos was kind of sought to discredit her allegations against him. Mm. Um and so it's one of those he said, she said, but we're big. We believe women here. Yes. So I'm going to believe Paula and I'm going to say that that's part of this didn't age well. His yeah. George Stephanopoulos, maybe not so great nowadays. Or maybe people 
don't really know who he is. Well, he's on freaking Good Morning America still. Oh, yes, that's right. That's what he's on. Short-term memory. Yeah. Speaking of short, they call him the little short guy. How tall do you think he is? Ooh, okay. A little short guy, I'm going to say, is he like five, six? Ooh, very close. Well, okay, I got conflicting reports. I saw one article that cited him at five, five, and another one that said five, six. So I'm pretty gonna, short. I'm going to give it to you. Thank you. A couple inches shorter than me. I hit one. I hit one. <laughs> well, uh, once we see George Stephanopoulos back onto the balcony, the girls are checking out George they see that they have his pizza and uh, Phoebe with the binoculars is looking at George and she tells them the the lady starts going for their pizza that they ordered this is probably one of my favorite quotes hey that's not for you bitch so good oh my god I could just imagine myself saying that so again hey I resonate with Phoebe Phoebe episode for me oh my goodness is she gonna be your mug I don't know We'll we'll find out we'll get there I'm so excited We'll get it. We'll get there. So eventually they're on the they're on the balcony. They ask George. They see him across the way. He has a towel wrapped around his waist. They ask him, Oh, George, drop the towel. And he drops the towel. Ooh. I always thought, did they practice that timing? Because they do it oh, so well. Yeah. You so, can just imagine Whoa. Uh-huh. Reveal. <laughs> the reveal. G Stephanopoulos is pain. <laughs> so. So the episode ends, and they're all back at the apartment playing Twister, a, t- a t- classic, classic game. Visa again calls for Rachel, and she realizes on the phone with them that she's okay. She has magic, magic beans. It makes me so happy. That Which is her so friends. heartwarming because she's like, I can do this because mm-hmm. I've got support. I've got good people around me. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to be okay. He's like, aw. And I think it just validates her decision to leave that shallow Long Island Jewish princess life behind. Right. And she's not alone. Like, obviously, Monica has a full-time job and Phoebe has her thing. And it's like, they don't know. They don't have all of the answers. And let's be honest, none of us have all of the answers. No. Okay. But she's not alone and she's going to be fine. And that it warms your heart a little bit watching that. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Love that. So, did you like this episode? Oh, I What did. is your Joey sandwich rating? I gave it a four. Yay. This was, it had everything for me. It had mm-hmm. great comedic timing. I felt like everybody got, it, it always focuses a little bit more on one storyline. And I think that there's no way you can't do that in an episode. So, I was okay with that. But I felt like, okay, this is where I, I feel like we've got a little bit more evenness of, Joey and Phoebe kind of coming into the fold. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially and, Phoebe. Oh, yeah. For sure. Love that. I love that line. And that's not for you, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I loved it. What did you give it? I gave it a four as well. Ooh. I watched it one time through and then just rewatched it as I was making my notes. And I on the rewatch the second time preparing for the podcast, I was like, you know, I really love this episode. I think from the comedic timing of Chandler's bah! And then Ross's face mask or face cast, whatever, like hilarious, you know, Phoebe, that's not for you, bitch. And then Rachel going through her whole crisis. Like it, it's just a really well-rounded episode. And I, it's definitely my favorite so far that we have watched. It could be my favorite of the season. Ooh. We'll see. We should totally rank them at the end. You should. I love for that season idea. one. I love that idea. I think that 
of the four, this would be my number one right now. Yeah, um, absolutely. It's so well-rounded. And I don't even have a plus. It's great. Yeah, great quote. Well, as we do have kind of a plus, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. All right. We are back to my favorite part of the episode, which is bloopers and blunders. Bloopers and blunders, but not before we get into that. Oh. Twister. Twister. Okay. We want to know. This is a hot topic on our break, you guys. I can't, (laughs) I'm really shocked that Tiana has never watched Twister. And maybe it's just because I was super into Twister. So maybe I'm the weird one here. Not the game. Not the game. (laughs) The movie from 1996 starring Helen Hunt and Bill Paxton. Okay. I want to know if our listeners have watched Twister, what they think about Twister. I'm just, or do they think who's crazy here? Me or Tiana? Please email us at don'ttakemywind at gmail.com and let us know your thoughts on that. Yeah, let us know. Break our tie. Okay. Now, to our moo points. Storylines that didn't make sense. We talked a lot in the beginning about Rachel and Monica's apartment. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that T did a little bit more research on was the rent control and being able to afford that apartment. Yeah. That is super interesting to me, having a few friends that live in New York Rent control is still a thing, and it is a big thing because New York is outpricing so many people, a lot of gentrification kind of happening. But how could they afford that apartment? And we find out that that's because Monica's grandmother moved down to Florida, and they're pretending to basically be her to keep the apartment and and keep the the low rent that she had. But what you found out was that it's over 1,200 square feet. Yes, which is massive in New York. Huge. That is huge. I, I'm i pretty sure that our last house was just a little bit bigger than that. Yeah, I uh, think that's all our last house was kind of around that area. There's so much space for an massive. apartment. And today, a, similar, a similarly sized unit would cost about seven grand a month. Easy. But <laughs> what are Monica and Rachel paying? Well... <laughs> I saw some things as I was doing some research that they're just paying like a couple hundred bucks, which is bananas. That's so bananas. And I wonder like if anybody knows that too, if you can also email us that, just email us all your thoughts. I just Just want to know all all of our mistakes. We're not history, history majors. You know, Google has its flaws. If you want to contradict us, go ahead. Yes. Let us know what you think. But (laughs) that just seems even in the nineties. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. But and we don't see it until later in the series that they're living there illegally mm-hmm. until Joey and Chandler kind of mess it up. I think it's actually Joey. Yeah, Joey goes and yells at the superintendent. <gasps> for making Rachel cry. For making Rachel cry. We'll get there, but they are living there illegally. Yes, yes. I love that. <laughs> Paying a couple hundred bucks. <laughs> um, so although it's virtually unheard of to have this kind of apartment top a tenement like 90 Bedford Street, like scores of other older walk-up apartment buildings in the immediate vicinity are, are they breaking those kinds of rules? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I'm sure that there's still people like that to this day. Yeah. Still kind of doing that, that kind thing. of square footage in New York. Oh, come you're on. paying a lot. Oh yeah. Come on. Um, some other things that we caught were when Rachel gets her first paycheck, the envelopes actually already open. Yes. When she comes flinging in, I look at yeah. it. And they probably did that to make the sound. Yeah. But then she goes and she rips it. Yep. Uh, no, girl, you couldn't just pull that out of the envelope. 
So somebody that, wasn't paying attention. No, they were not. And then our pizza guy, Sean Whalen, uh, is in the shot after Monica grabs a pizza box to hand Phoebe and shouts that they have George's pizza. The tape marks can be seen on the floor, which you caught T. I mm-hmm. didn't actually see that. So that was a good catch. Um, and one of them is between the delivery guy's feet. Yeah. So love that. Love a tape, love a tape mark. Moment. I love a tape mark. <laughs> good old tape mark. <laughs> Such a sitcom thing. Tape marks. I know it you is. You stand here. Don't move. You take three steps and then you must come here <laughs> and you will not move. Otherwise, the shot will be screwed up. Who's responsible for putting tape marks on the floor? Ooh, that's a good question. I bet you it has to do with like, I bet you a director gives an assistant the job and is like, okay, place it here. And is like looking at a screen and looking at the shot. Yeah. Like, uh, 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 is, there, is there a tape guy? You go here. You are you. The tape guy. Are you a tape guy? Does anybody know? Is that a real job? Maybe it's a tape girl. Maybe it's a tape person. Tape we don't person. Know. We'll give it. Yeah. Okay. So we talked earlier about the hockey and I said that there was yeah. some stuff. When you watch them watching the hockey game, they're yelling and they're looking down. So mm-hmm. that kind of gives you the inference that they are higher up in the stands. And when the puck comes at Ross's face, it's like coming straight at him. Yeah. There's no way. Like if they were higher up, it would have had to come up at an angle. It wouldn't have hit his nose like where it did. So I have a lot of issues with that continuity of like they couldn't be lower because then there'd be glass and then he couldn't get hit. But it just doesn't it doesn't make any sense for me. Yeah, I don't go to a lot of hockey games, but even I was like, that's not right. And it's, again, not right in the ER when they fling the puck into the wench nurse's face. Yes, it hits again, her on the top of the head. The trajectory, she like bounces, like nods her chin down and it bounces against her head instead right. of like... She almost leans into it a little yeah. bit. But And Ross's face would be mangled if it got hit with a hockey oh, puck. Yeah. That when he, he... It would be dented. Black and blue. There is no way that he's just got a tiny little black, like bloody nose... And he's sit, sitting there talking. He probably would have like been knocked out. His nose would be on the other side of his face. <laughs> exactly. So I had a problem with that one. Yep. And then um, I don't know if you caught this, but wouldn't so Chandler is Ross's best friend. Yeah. Wouldn't he have known about Carol being Ross's first? That's a really good point because Ross told Monica. Right. Which is what you're telling me. You told Monica, but not your best friend Chandler. Right. Like, wouldn't you want to go and brag and be like... That is so not right. I know. It's oh, it's weird. I don't know. So that that continuity for me of like, is it hasn't Chandler been your best friend since college? Like, wouldn't he yeah. have known all of this? So I don't know. Um, so excited. We have hard bloopers. We have a blooper, people. Yay! Oh my gosh. Okay. So we actually have two. One of them is actually from a deleted scene. And I don't know what you were talking about, about how they have the extended parts of the episodes on the discs. Maybe we'll have to go back when you get your, when I get my new season one. I mean, I have all the other discs, but they're just longer episodes. Yeah. And I remember that watching them too. There's all this stuff that you kind of miss watching the reruns and HBO. Um, but there is one blooper that is from a cut out scene or cut out line, really. The scene is actually still there. But it's when Phoebe's sleeping and Ross and Monica are just watching her. 
And Monica has a line that says, you know, when you were little, you slept through the Grand Canyon. And she's talking to Ross and she can't get it right. Like she can't, (laughs) she keeps putting her hand in front of her face or like pointing wrong or something like that. And so she has to like do it over and over. And she says, she's like, this is going to be like three takes. (laughs) It's kind of funny. And then of course they end up cutting that line, which is kind of just odd. But She, she, she finally got it out and they cut it. Poor girl. But this other one is Operation. So funny. When Phoebe's in her cute little onesie thing. Well, I say cute. We'll talk about that. We're going to talk. <laughs> but she grabs Operation. She's like, in the actual episode, you know, I brought Operation, but, you know, we don't have the tweezers, but we can prep the guy. We can prep the guy. I'd love that. Love that. We can prep the guy. So in the, um, in the blooper, she brings it over, and it actually starts buzzing. <laughs> <laughs> And she and just face. laughs. Her face is so great. And I will tell you, when we actually get to this point, Lisa Kudrow's real life laugh yes. is one of my favorite sounds in the universe. Great. It's one of the, it's an affectionate laugh, Natalie. <laughs> affectionate Laughter is affectionate. <laughs> oh my god! Just going to change that. No, I know what you mean. It's one of those laughs that you just you have to laugh because you cannot hold a straight face. You can't. And it's great though is you now recognize when she's really laughing versus like yes. a Phoebe laugh. So that's kind of it's fun. kind of like a <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh! Don't worry, we're gonna get there. We'll keep we'll keep imitating it for you guys. I'm sure you'll love that a lot. I'm sure they'll love that. <laughs> and then to our next newer segment is let me Google that for you. This one was fun. So we talked last time about friends memorabilia. Mm-hmm. And what did they take? Or like it kind of did started Did they off, take anything? Did Who they take has anything? a mug? Who has an apron? So in the reunion special, they kind of all talked about things that they took. Um, some of them took bigger things. Some of them took littler things. Some took none or claim that they took none. Yeah. So Lisa Kudrow is one of the ones that says she didn't take anything. However... Uh, I think it was it Matt LeBlanc or was it the other Matt? <laughs> Matt Matthew Perry. Perry. One of the Matts gifted her uh the the like clock cookie jar. Oh yeah. And she did have like a bunch of Phoebe's rings that she kept, but she okay. asked permission, she said. Okay. So that's kind of funny. Yeah. Um, Courtney Cox says she didn't take anything, but she regrets it. I feel like that's probably true. If she, cause she's a, she's a Monica, I think through and through. And so Monica is a rule follower. She would not take. Totally. Totally. And I think that that's very Courtney Cox. She was just like, no, I didn't, I didn't want to like, now I regret it. I'm going to actually go steal something tonight is kind of the line that she had. Cute. Um, Rachel, our Jennifer Aniston, she took a dress of Monica's. Oh, she did? Yeah. It says that she picked a floral lace dress that she plucked straight out of Monica's closet. And in the special, you can hear uh, both Courtney Cox and Jennifer Aniston kind of giving each other shit about it. Yeah. Because (laughs) Courtney Cox says basically... That thing has gone in and out of style like four times by now. Exactly. And Jennifer Aniston's like, it's always in style. And, you know, of course she's like, and I still fit into it. Like, of course you do. Of course. Jennifer Aniston, you are gorgeous. You don't age. I don't know how, but you don't age. Love that. And then Matt LeBlanc took some more hilarious stuff. He stole an I Love Friends license plate frame and 
he actually put it on David Schwimmer's car. Oh my God. I loved that just the behind the scenes, like <laughs> fact that they are all friends and just, you know, mess with each other, go back and forth, banter. Right. I love that. Um, and then David Schwimmer actually took a plaque that said Professor Ross Geller from oh, like cute. his old, like quote unquote office. Yeah. So that was really cute. Um, no mugs, no aprons. No, I'm really. I was convinced. I was really thinking, like when I had read that Jennifer Aniston took a piece of clothing, that it would have been an apron, but yeah, no, they didn't, which is really, really funny to me. But lots of little stuff. Um, oh yeah, okay, so yeah, Matthew Perry did give Phoebe the clock face cookie jar. Um, oh, and Lisa Kudrow kept her security badges, which is just kind of cute. Aww sentimental she, she probably didn't throw them out like i threw out my dvd player oh it's a dvd player it's okay well we mentioned lisa kudrow phoebe's pajama onesie which means it's time for fashion watch fashion tiana's favorite section <laughs> we talked about the onesie i literally have on our document you <laughs> But you just referred to it as cute. Okay, if it were different colors, I think it might be cute. But it's cute in like a like a girl's night going to have tiki death punch kind of way. Like I don't care. I want to be comfy. Yeah. Not it's got a little butt flap. Did you see that little butt oh flap my God, on it? Yeah. So cute. <laughs> I I think it's adorable. You can keep if, it. If it was a different color. Well, you can keep it. I will keep it for you. <laughs> I do I do have to say she does redeem herself, though, because I do think her bathrobe and scrunchie look later oh, is very cute. The scrunchies. And scrunchies. They are so back. We love a scrunchie here. Love a good scrunchie. Oh, to scrunchie. Yes. Um, now, Rachel's mm-hmm. crop top, black short skirt thing. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Perfection. Absolutely loved it. And you you can't tell that it's a crop top really in the first few scenes when she gets her paycheck because the apron is so up high, which, oh, I just love her aprons. Again, the apron. Apron watch. So on point. Section to apron watch. Apron watch. It's so cute. Love them. And they just highlight her figure in such a cute way. She's just adorable. She's just an adorable little human. And I just love all of her stuff. So, yeah. Yes, absolutely. The guys actually had some, some looks. I thought that they weren't displeasing to the eye. <laughs> the Joey's Rangers jersey, I thought was just iconic. Like, you can always know, if you see that jersey, you know what episode it is. Ross is getting hit in the face with a puck. Yeah, exactly. It's great. Yep. Which leads to Ross's face cast. It's not really an outfit, but, like, just the quotes around the face cast with the wench of a nurse. Oh, that's attractive. I think what's funny about it is that he like comes out and has this weird like attitude like, oh, I'm done. Ha ha. I got through. You're like, dude, you're literally wearing a metal face plate. He's smug and he has no right to be smug. No right to be smug. Sit down back of class. (laughs) Chandler, this is the other line that I think makes the episode. I thought you were great in Silence of the Lambs. Oh my God. Yes. I forgot about that quote. So good. And Chandler is known for his one-liners and yeah. that is one of them that the is witty one. the witty one-liner probably one of his top ones that that to me i'm like oh could this episode be a five like just some great quotes i know it could it's it's on the cusp if we were going halvesies i would say it may be a 4.5 for i me. was so close to like is this a 4.5 yeah it, it really gets you there on the rewatch yeah it really does because you're just like i 
I don't cringe at any point of this. No. I love it. I loved it. Such a good episode. And I think also maybe it's so good because they're all together. Like the guys are together. They're playing off each other they've got the chat from love island oh my god don't get me started <laughs> on, on love island sorry that's a whole nother episode um and then the girls are together and they're like uplifting and supporting each other and going through peaks and valleys and i do think that's why this episode is so great because they are together as two groups yeah. and then come together at the end love that i, yeah. I think you're right that that energy flow mm-hmm. is really there so it's kind of fun to watch yeah all right, we've reached the end. Best friend in best friend in front of me. Yes. Time. Do you um, want to go first? I'll go first. So I'm giving my mug to Rachel. All right. I know she. I mean, it, we talked about this already. It is so heartwarming at the end. You see her really embrace her independence and kind of take what her like ex friend said of like, ugh, like okay, you guys, mm-hmm. like I'm really gonna do this. Watch me. And yeah, I just I really love her. Well, we agree this week as well. So I picked Rachel. I do think there's an honorable mention for me for Phoebe. <gasps> for her, hey, that's not for you, bitch line. And her uh, her omnipotent. Her omnipotent. Wishes. I think this is as close as Phoebe's going to get to getting a mug from you. Yes. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, it's honorable, honorable mention. We'll see. Which I think what we should do too. Side note for our listeners, if you guys understand what omnipotent means, probably more than me, um, email us again, don't take my wind at gmail.com. What would you do if you were omnipotent for a day? Ooh, love to hear it. Yeah. So, but yeah, Rachel's, Rachel's given, getting my mug. She, she's my best friend. I think it takes a lot of guts to really walk away from old friends that do not add anything to your life. I think a lot of people struggle with cutting friends out of their lives because they've maybe been friends for so long. It's familiar. It's comfortable. They don't like confrontation, but being able to leave a friendship is one of the hardest things I think you will ever have to do. It's essentially like a breakup. Mm -hmm. And if you're not having your bucket filled by your friend, then you do need to leave because it's essentially a friendship of convenience and it's not healthy at all. So that is definitely hard. I've had to do that. Um, and you know what? I wish anybody I've had to do that with the best good people, just not for me. Yeah. I've definitely had to do that with, with a few people of just, I can't meet you anymore halfway on this bridge. You're not meeting me halfway. So it's just not serving me anymore. Yeah. And Rachel does that. And I'm so proud of her for that. So exactly. she go gets Rachel. Go Rachel. Uh, other side of this coin, who's taking our wind or frenemy? I will go first. Yes, Ross. Oh yes, I'm so glad you said that. The Good worst. lord, my notes. Let it go, man. So annoying. I mean, I gave him my mug in the very beginning because you feel for him. But you then, gave him your mug in the beginning. I did. I I know that was shocking to a lot of people because okay, I I loved the. Oh, I yes. think that's funny. Oh, you didn't. Oh, I thought you meant beginning of this episode. Oh, no, you no, meant no. series yes. series. Yes. You're allowed to do that. I Yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but as the as the season goes on, you're just like, OK, this is getting old. I don't feel bad for you anymore. Let's move on. Yeah. He's too whiny and mopey and so like, whiny. 
Like, just, dude, like, you get it. You lost your virginity to Ra- to, to Carol. <laughs> wishes that he lost I it know, to Rachel. Wishes to lost it to Rachel. <laughs> Too bad that didn't happen. But, so I'm assuming you're a friend of me. Also, Ross. Ross. Move on, man. Get over it. You said you were going to grab a spoon. At this point, I see no spoon. That's, Ross is such a frustrating character for oh that God. point. He is just whiny and no action. <laughs> I would break a friend break up with Ross. You are no longer serving my life. I am in not a positive having, way. My bucket is not being filled. You are dumping my bucket. Get off my bridge. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, Rachel gets the mug. Ross is taking our wind. Any, any other thoughts? This was a good episode. This I loved a, this episode. This was a great episode. I, I really, just like you said, it's so well-rounded. Everybody's so well engaged with each other. And I do like how they broke it up with the men and the women. They don't do that every episode, mm-hmm. which I like because I would have a lot of problems with that. Exactly. So I like that they do kind of break up into different pairings to kind of keep the story going. So, and that really worked for the unity you see between the women and kind of coming around Rachel. So yeah, yeah. loved it. I'm a, I'm on board. It's a four, four and a half. If we were going with our bendy rules our bendy rules, we love bendy rules over here at the pivot <laughs> podcast. Um, lesson of the podcast. Don't take NyQuil and watch. <laughs> don't take NyQuil friends. and watch friends and try to take notes guys. Then you're just going to get some really weird notes in the morning. I promise you. You're like, what was that? All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to the Pivot Podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and make sure to follow along on Instagram at the Pivot Pod. And super exciting. You can also email us at don'ttakemywind at gmail.com with all your questions, comments, and thoughts. No concerns, please. Bye. Bye.